Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the legendary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be here to help you be the best version of you that you can be. I'm glad you're here, so let's get to it. What is up, my friends? It's Johnny King, and this is episode three of the Johnny King Show. Thanks for tuning in. Today, I want to talk about stress and stories. Stress, anxiety, all those things that affect all of us. We all have varying levels of you know, <laughs> appreciation for or resistance to stress. And why I say appreciation, because you call it stress, anxiety, resistance, uh, it is actually what causes us to grow. You think about it in terms of being in the gym. We call it resistance training because what a muscle demands for itself to grow is resistance or demand to be placed upon it. Without any resistance, you get no growth. And we as human beings, emotionally, um, even physically, we will not grow. Take, for instance, people who spend a lot of time in space. Without the resistance of gravity, their body atrophies, their muscles and their bones break down. And so emotionally, we all so much want to, well, I shouldn't say we all. I, I would say broadly, a lot of people would love life if it weren't so stressful. But I think the key is this finding that Goldilocks zone of the right amount of, of stress, but not too much, right? Enough where we can grow and we can feel accomplished, but not so much that we are completely debilitated, right? Or you find yourself in analysis paralysis where you can't figure out what to do because you have so much anxiety and things going on through your head, right? And why I say stories is because a lot of times stories, you know, the the thing between our ears, aka our brain, is just a meaning-making machine. And it wants to make meaning out of everything that's going on. And a lot of times, let's say after broken relationships or tragedy, we always want to know, well, what happened? Like we, we have to, like, that's the whole idea of gaining closure. Like, well, I need to, I need to be able to assign some type of meaning to this event so that I can move on. And essentially all I'm really looking for is looking to achieve some level of certainty or security or, you know, comfort, if you will, around some type of event, uh, and that sort of thing. Right. So coming back to stress, stress and anxiety and all those things really are just a byproduct of our resistance to life not happening the way that we actually want it to be. And when I started learning these things, I started noticing, uh, like I get in the car and I'm in traffic and I'm just, I'm getting stressed, man. I'm getting really pissed off. I'm like, get out of the way, get out of the way. It, my stress levels will always come down when I, when, I always, when, I, when I come back to taking responsibility for my actions, for my life, and saying, you know, who can, who can take responsibility for being in this moment but me, only me, right? And typically, I'm stressed out because I am a maximizer, so I was probably at home 
trying to pump out one more email or get one more thing done before I fly out the door and I've left myself no wiggle room for anything to happen between point A to point B to my appointment and lo and behold, there's, there's traffic and then you know I'm late and I don't like being late rather than buffering in a little extra time, right? So again, stress and anxiety is always a resistance to what actually is. And so I, I read a book um, in the years after my, my divorce, because I was married for about two and a half years and uh, around 30 years old, she decided she'd like to, to move on from the relationship. And I, I learned a lot from that. And, and one of the books I read to help me process through just that, that, that frustration, the stress, the anxiety, the heartbreak, all that stuff so much of that I was feeling was in, was in resistance to the reality that she moved on. And so, I mean, I could look at this in terms of my mom passing away and so many other things that have gone on in my life. But I came across, uh, I think someone recommended the book, Loving What Is by Byron Katie. And if you have not read that, highly, highly recommend her work and a bunch of her books. But in her book, uh, Loving What Is, she has a, a process called uh, The Turnaround. And this was uh, something that really helped be a game changer for me because I had created stories around, uh, around my broken marriage, around who my, you know, my relationship with my father, around reasoning for you know, my mom passing away. Like I started to realize I had all of these stories that I had built around um, life events. And I also had major stories about who I was as a man. I believed that I was a fraud. I believed that I wasn't smart enough. I believed that I was... And I realized that (laughs) a lot of these stories were just my interpretation, right? Just as a lot of things are. They're not necessarily based in truth because two people could go through a relationship. Two people uh, or multiple people could all be raised by similar parents and have a very similar experience and yet um, they'll have com- two completely different experiences of growing up or having gone through a relationship. And so I like to come back to this metaphor of staying above the line. Staying above the line means that you take responsibility for your life for your actions, for your beliefs, for your decisions and choices. You are a victor to life. Life happens for you and not to you. You don't blame anyone else. Uh, You don't talk uh, gossip about other people. You just stay principled and you stay focused on what you can control, which is, you know, your thoughts and beliefs and your actions. Playing below the line is where you're a victim to life. Life happens to you and not for you. You know, you get to blame others. There's a lot of shame going on. You, like I said, are a victim to life. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a very lonely and kind of depressing place to be. So in an effort to stay above the line, especially reading through Byron Katie's book, Loving What Is, her turnaround process involved, uh, involves asking yourself four different questions. The first question is very simple. It's just, is this thought true? And so, for instance, when my mom passed away in 2006, I was angry. 
I was angry because this is not how life was supposed to be. Um, it was kind of like the first major hiccup in my young adult life. I think I was 25, 26. And uh, I, I, I had this, I made up this meaning that if she truly loved us, me and my siblings, that she would have done more. Uh, she would have fought harder. She would have been able to have a healing in some way. And uh, because that didn't happen and she passed on, that must have meant that she didn't love me or love us as our ch- her children, right? And looking back on it, and you're probably listening to like, well, dude, that's an awfully... <laughs> I mean, if you knew my mom, you'd be like, oh my God, that's like the absolute antithesis of who she is and what she stood for. I mean, she lived and breathed for our family and for especially her kids, um, all five of us. And yet when we're angry, when we're hurting, we come up with some of the craziest stories, things that are absolutely not true, but it, uh, it deflects from the pain, right? Easier to, to blame than to take responsibility and to accept the truth. And for me, I was playing way below the line, blaming her for not fighting hard enough. And as I was jumping into these questions of Byron Katie's, it had me really start looking at my story. And the story of her not loving us enough, I asked that question, is this thought true? And I thought, you know, really deep down, I'm like, no, I know it's not true. I know my mom loved us so unconditionally. The second question, can I be absolutely sure of its truth? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no. Did she say this to me? Did she specifically say, hey, because I don't love you, Johnny, and the rest of the kids, I'm piecing out? No, of course not. She truly was fighting to her last breath. The third question was, how does this thought make you react? And for me, it was making me stressed. It made me angry. It made me shut down. It made me <clears throat> uh, unpleasant to be with in many different ways. And then the last question is, without this thought, who would you be? Oh, man. Getting back to the, the, the truth of knowing that my mom loved myself, my siblings, my father, um, all her friends and family, like just keeping that thought true allowed me to focus on all the good things that my mom did as a mother, as a wife, as a participant in the, in the community. Um, she was a saint of a woman and, and absolutely, again, we all do the best we can with the tools that we've been provided with. Right. And so without that thought that she was, you know, uh, didn't love me and, and thus was maybe penalizing me or um, yeah, that, that sort of thing then, then allowed me to let go of the, the struggle that I saw her go through in those last several months of her life and allowed me to actually focus my thought on all the beautiful moments. Completely changed my life in terms of how I visioned you know, my mom's experience on this earth and my, my experience of her while I've been alive and Man, it, it really started to, uh, it shifted my heart from, from being angry to that of, again, being more empathetic and loving and um, compassionate. And that's more of who I know myself to be. And so it allowed me to continue to, to heal my pain. And I know a lot, a lot of men, a lot, a lot of women that I've worked with <clears throat> have a lot of unresolved pain and issues, stress, anxiety, um, trauma, and frustration. 
And, you know, a lot of those things, there's, there's, you have to make sure there's difference that you, that you see the difference between stories that you've created and actual facts. You know, I've worked with a lot of people and, you know, some have been raped, sexually abused, like those are facts, right? But then we do oftentimes create a story around that. Like if, if mom or dad had cared enough, they would have been around to keep me from this happening or, um, you know, those type of things. So you have to be real careful that you don't muddy the waters uh, between stories and actual facts. And so by staying above the line, you, you own the facts, but then you're allowed to shape whatever story you want. And I love these four questions. Again, I'll repeat them. She says, is this thought true? Can I be absolutely sure of its truth? How does this thought make you react? And without this thought, who would you be? So I highly, highly recommend that you take maybe one of your small little stories or something that you, you've always kind of just thought to be true, maybe just even something that you came up with when you were really, really young. Like my whole story of not being smart enough, of being a fraud, of all of those, all of those beliefs I traced, took some, some, <laughs> some deep work and a lot of frustrating time to, to get to the root cause that, that that story was created when I was held back in, in second grade. And I was ashamed because I was not as fast as a learner. And who doesn't want to move on with all their friends to the next grade? And it's, it was kind of a shameful thing. Uh, and that was a little, a little second graders way of trying to deal with a very tough, emotional, you know, decision on, on my parents' part to hold me back, which ultimately was a great decision. But, you know, I can see that as an adult, but as a little kid, I made up that, that, that limiting belief, that limiting story that I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't good enough. And that stayed with me all the way till I was about 34, 35, when I finally eradicated that story and got to the real truth. So for what's worth, I hope that's helpful. <clears throat> I want you to dig into your own stories and find the real truth. And uh, oftentimes, you, all you have to really do is divorce yourself of the story and marry the truth. And that would be my imparting wisdom on you uh, in this third episode of the Johnny King Show. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll catch up with you soon. And that's our show for today. I want to thank you so much for listening. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, I'd be honored if you'd share it on your favorite social platform. It also really helps to get the word out if you subscribe and leave a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Something you think we could be doing better? I love constructive feedback as it's always welcome. And please feel free to email me at podcast at johnnyking.com with any questions or concerns. I'm also available on Instagram at Johnny King or on facebook.com backslash Johnny King men's coach. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been awesome. And we'll catch up with you next time. Peace. Peace.